Wake up, NHL fans. It is Tuesday. This is your morning cup of hockey alongside Kobe Cohen. I'm Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show today with Can our I ask week- you a question. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why don't you say my name right? What'd I say? You don't say the L in my name. You do it Kobe almost Cohen? every morning, and Kobe I'm always Cohen? I'm always hoping you're gonna get it right, and you just never you never give me my full name. And if my mom were to listen true. to this show. She would be very disappointed with the fact that you introduce me every morning without getting my name correct. I, I swear to God. I'm just never... telling you what it sounds like when you say it. Really? Uh, you couldn't bring this up off air? <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, I always forget about it. And then I have to listen to you for 45 minutes and I forget and I start doodling on my paper or reading Twitter or whatever else I do to pass the time with you. But, you know, you should get my name right. It's the first thing we do to start the show. I know your name. Like, okay. I feel like maybe just the way I talk. I don't know. You talk fine, Johnny. Don't, don't go there. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to do the rest of the intro? Oh, I want you to do it. I just want you to get my name right. Okay. Alongside Colby Cohen, I'm Johnny Lazarus. Thank you. Better. Better. We have our weekly segment with NHL insider Frank Saravalli today. He'll be joining us any second here or any minute now. And then Colby and I will get into our NHL top five power rankings. What a great start to the show. Colby, how are you doing? How are you feeling today, bud? You sound like you're horrible, man. I feel terrible. You you texted us and said, this is your Michael Jordan flu show. So (laughs) um, we're really off to a good start this morning. But let's, why don't, while we wait for Frank, let's address something from yesterday, which I'm starting to really enjoy this part of our show where we readdress things. And Mm. DFO's Instagram and maybe the Twitter, they they put a video out of, of us really me. And then you were chiming in and out talking about um, how it works, <laughs> talking about the you talking and how they didn't, you know, dress the part for the stadium series and how to me, it shows that Lou is just so out of touch with how things work. You know, he's got the thing with the facial hair and he, he won't let his players have long hair, all things that I think are absolutely ridiculous. And it was really funny how all the Islanders fans just jumped on, um, just started jumping on the wagon and being like, oh, we, you want us to get rid of the GM because he wants to keep it classy in the NHL. We don't want it to be like the NFL, this and that. And, you know, all these Islanders fans started jumping on, um, on me for this. And you know what? Cry some more, okay? It's one game. I'm a big fan of how NHL players look professional and they wear suits and guys dress up for 81 games a year. Okay. But for the one game a year, that's outdoors with a theme. These are themed events. Okay. Why not? Why not play ball? Why not let the guys play ball? All right. It's let's, we all talk about growing the game. Okay. What have we been talking about since the stadium series? One of the big things we talk about was how great, the Rangers pulled it off and the Flyers with Rocky and the Devils with their Sopranos. Like these are relatable things to people who aren't hockey fans that see it on social media and they talk about it on talk radio. So I don't want to hear people saying, Oh, we Lou keeps it classy. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Like give me an absolute break. Like that is the worst take. Stop defending Lou Lamarillo. He's done nothing. You guys have won nothing. Great. You've made it to the conference finals a couple of times. And what happened? You didn't win. Okay. So stop telling me how great of a GM um, uh, Lou Lamarillo is. The guy's completely out of touch. Completely out of touch. You try to get an Islanders player to do an interview, come on a show, do anything. They can't do it because Lou, they're worried what Lou will say. And then you, Johnny, were telling me about some social media kid I don't even know Coach Chippy Whippy or whatever his name I, is. No, no, go no, ahead. Don't, don't, don't discredit him because I actually Coach no, Chippy. No, listen, he's great. He does his yeah. thing on social media, but t- give the story. Go ahead. Coach Chippy's a guy I've met the last couple of months through like the creator part of the NHL, and he's a very popular NHL creator amongst the younger kids. Like literally, this guy has thousands and thousands of views on all of his videos. He did a video at MetLife with Luke Hughes, Morgan Frost, and Alexi Lafreniere there was no Islander player in his video. And that's because of Lou Lamorello. And that's something that, you know, may, maybe isn't a big deal to the older NHL fans, but when there are younger kids who follow this guy and love this guy and see all of his videos 
and comment on all of his videos and there's no Islander player. Like it's just, it's wanna, it's, it sucks we want to grow the game and the Islanders just got a beautiful new building. They had the they all-star got, in 2026. Unbelievably dedicated ownership with Malkin and Ledecky. Ledecky's at every game. He's super friendly. I've had a chance to meet him. He loves that team. He'll do anything for that team. And I'm sure Malkin is the same way. They just go out and bring in a home run of a head coach. All right. It's time. It's time for Lou to go. These little things that people don't think matter, they do matter. They matter for free agents when they're thinking about why would I want to go play for this guy? Who, who treats us like we're little kids and won't let us have a beard if we want. I mean, that's ridiculous. That shit is absolutely ridiculous. Guys are scared to do things on social media. They're scared to do interviews. That's not growing the game, all right? So the comments back towards me from Islanders fans, come on. I get it. You want to stick up for your organization? I'm not ripping on the organization. I'm ripping on Lou Lamarillo for how out of touch he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why I wanted to start the show today addressing that yesterday because of all the heat in the comments on Daily Faceoff. We're going to be joined now by our main man, Frank Saravalli, and we're going to get into what's going on around the NHL, who's going to get traded, who's not going to get traded. So, Frank, it's good to see you this morning. I don't know if you heard my rant. I'm a little fired up to start the show today. I, I heard it wrong. John was was Johnny part of the Rangers firefighting crew? He's just spraying all over the calm down, Colby. Don't get us killed. But Colby's mad at me because apparently I've been saying his name wrong for the entire show. I don't know if you caught that for Co- Coach Chippy. All I heard was Coach about. Chippy and Chippy Whippy. I'm sure I'm sure your son likes Coach Chippy. That has no idea who he is. Perfect. Oh, really? Even better. Never I heard of him before. Well, he's awesome. I highly recommend watching his content. But Frank, the while creator we're the world topic, is a is a really interesting world that you live in, Johnny. You're you're a creator, Frank. Whether you like it or not, no, you I'm should be out reporter. there with me. I'm a reporter. I, I, I deal in reality, not um, Johnny is a journalist and a report. I mean, Frank is a journalist and a reporter. Don't don't drag him into your creator bucket, Johnny. I don't I don't see him out on the ice on MetLife with his selfie stick skating down the ice for breakaways. It'd be a lot of fun if he was out there. I I enjoy it, but uh, while we're on the topic, Frank, we discussed it yesterday. I think it's starting to trend a little bit more around social media about these four teams possibly doing something every year. The Rangers, Devils, Flyers, Islanders with how successful the weekend was. You're already shaking your head now, but do you think the NHL can build off the momentum of how successful the stadium series was this past weekend? And maybe not feature the same four teams, but instead of doing a winter classic and a stadium series, kind of doing it this way where there's, four different markets involved every year? It's going to be really hard. And I would say the answer is probably no, because look, the bottom line is as successful as this weekend was 150,000 people at, at MetLife for two consecutive days. Um, it was beautiful. It, everything about it was awesome, but the league charges a premium for these tickets and there would be serious fatigue if you did it every year, even if it is the same four teams. So I understand what you're saying, and I think the idea is interesting, but it's hard to find geographical rivals. Like Part of the beauty of that stadium series is every person can go to that, you know, every fan can go to that stadium series in their car. You know, Flyers fans can drive up, Islander fans can cross, uh, you know, Across New York and and get to New Jersey, it's an easy spot to get to, and that's why it works. Pick another. There there is no geographical environment kind of quite like that. Um, you know, you could maybe center something around like Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, and Minnesota, but even then, like you really begin to stretch it. Yeah. And I think what they, you know, it was a great turnout, great event, but I don't think it has any sort of annual appeal if that makes any sense because I don't I don't think they'd fill the stadium yeah I I completely agree with you Frank and I actually said a lot of those things yesterday on our show but in fairness to Johnny which I rarely am um, it's definitely picking up steam amongst people Al Morgani tweeted it um, and you know you and I know Al so well he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame he's such a fun guy and he's all about this area I saw Molly Walker tweeted it um, and then I know the spit and chicklets guys were talking about it too. So there are a lot of people that were super impressed with the way it looks, but at the end of the day, 
I think Frank nails it on the head. Everybody jumps on on 95 and you go over maybe one bridge and 90 miles up the road, you're at the game. And, and I just don't see where else you could possibly do something like that with four teams. It just doesn't exist in hockey. So, well, but you're, but you're leaving out the most important part of redoing this is the ticket prices. Like everyone's mm-hmm. willing to do it for a one-off special event, but when it yeah. becomes the routine, then you either what are have the to- ticket prices like, I have no idea. Like how much more do they charge? I can't, I can't say I've ever really looked at that. I, I don't know for sure, but typically the outdoor games are going for like, for good seats, 350, 400, 500 bucks. Like it's a lot. I was told like 150 gets you in the building. Yeah. 150 is kind of the bare minimum. And 150 uh for an NHL regular season game outside of the Rangers, like that gets you a club level seat for the most part and a really good ticket. 150 there gets you, you know, you're you're struggling to see the game kind of thing from the lower bowl. And that's a tough. I think it's a tough sell. It, again, there's a million things involved. The cold, yeah. like not everyone wants to get bundled up and sit out there for a few hours, add in the Jonas Brothers concert. You're talking about six <laughs> hours outdoors in 20 degree weather. Like not everyone's ready for that. But you know That's what's funny about it, it though? He, he what, only what? went to the game for the Jonas Brothers concert. That's I didn't go to that game. That I didn't was, go to that game. I was going to say Saturday night, that would have been the case, but we Sunday he went for the Rangers. I did watch it on the couch though, but I, I, I do want to say, I feel like the narrative around here before the weekend, there were a lot of people who went to the games 10 years ago at Yankee stadium and were like, you know, it was too cold. It was a terrible viewing experience, blah, 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 all that stuff. And after the way the weekend went, the people that didn't go just are constantly regretting not going because of how the weekend and how the games went themselves. So it is one of those things though, that like when you do experience it for the first time and maybe it's not the best experience, you're not desperate to go back. So I get the every year aspect, it would get old very fast, but I just think something with these four teams and these four fan bases, it gave me just like, you know, the way I tweeted it was a bean pot vibe. You know, it's obviously Boston. Those schools are within like what a five mile radius. The four schools, this is a little bit different, but yeah, this is a little bit different, but I can't think of any other professional sports league where there are four teams that have some sort of rivalry built within them in this close of a vicinity. It's an intriguing idea. I just don't, it, maybe if you changed it up a bit. Yeah. And but like it also, Frank, it works so well with the schedule that the Rangers and devils both won their games and they play each other on Thursday. It's kind of like, you know, it would have been, you know, let's say, uh, stadium series final or some of some sort if you know well the devils and did the devils and islanders give up their home games for this that's the other part of it too yes yes which is a huge advantage for the rangers that was basically a home game for them i mean if they were playing either one of those teams anyway in the regular season it would basically still be a home game anyway and and here's the last thing that i'm going to say about it and then i do want to move on frank because we do have a bunch of players we want to ask you about and a bunch of teams we want to ask you about I, i think the nhl has flirted with too many outdoor games as it is i don't necessarily think that we're there yet because we're still seeing the buildings completely selling out so it's hard to say they're overdoing it when they're still selling upwards of a hundred thousand tickets. But I just feel like we're, we have the right amount. We don't need to do any more than we're already seeing and doing um, because we don't want to overblow this whole thing. So, I would completely agree. I think the league was, I think a little bit nervous about Saturday's game you know, think about the billing heading into this. They they were lucky in the sense that the Flyers have been competitive this year, but had they, you know, been where they were last year and the Devils are outside of the playoff picture, that might have been a really tough sell. And the fact that they had, I think, 5,000 more fans for Sunday's game kind of gives you an indication of what the NHL was thinking it might have been. Um so I, I agree. Like the fact that you're selling out, it, you, you're not overdoing it because it is special. It is still an event, but if it becomes part of the routine, that's when you're going to run into issues. And yeah. I think they've managed to straddle that line pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank, I want to start with a question that I, I just wonder if this is becoming a thing and, and it's really with Noah Hannafin. And he he's made it really clear 
via your reporting um, and what you talked about on your show um, that he, he'd really like to end up in an American situation playing hockey. Um, uh, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Boston, whether he's a rental long-term, whatever the case may be. So before I ask you directly about Noah Hannafin, I just want to know, because I know you talk to a lot of general managers and you're very, very, you know, linked up with these guys. Is there any concern right now that we're seeing players kind of want to, you know, be more vocal like Johnny Gaudreau didn't want to stay in Canada, wanted to get back to the U.S., Noah Hannafin saying, look, I'm a UFA. I'm not re-signing. I want to go back to the U.S. I get it. You want to be near home. You want to be back in the States if you're an American. But Canadian markets are unbelievable to play in. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like being in the NFL when you play in a Canadian market. So is there like a trend we're seeing here? I mean, John Tavares, he's got a a tax issue with the Canadian government now that he's dealing with because of money. That's a separate side issue. I I understand (laughs) that, but I'm just wondering, like, are these things adding up to each other? And are these things pushing players to want to play in the States? I I don't think so. And I don't think it's problematic because I think Noah Hannafin's a great example. He was, he's from Boston, as you mentioned, drafted by Carolina plays there, gets traded to Calgary and then has had no issues there. He's enjoyed his time there by all means. It's been amicable, friendly. He's actually, you know, thought long and hard about staying in Calgary. And at the end of the day, had let the flames know last summer that his intention when he was finally given the opportunity to sign as a free agent somewhere that he wanted to play in the U S I think we'd be dealing with a different story had he gotten traded to Calgary and however many years ago, five, six years ago said, nah, I'm good. I'm not going, I don't want to play there. That'd be a totally different scenario. And and we haven't seen that happen often. Um, For the most part, players have been really good about that. And let's remind everyone that like 35 to 40% of the NHL, if not more than that (laughs) is Canadian players. Yeah. And 22% of the league is Canadian team. So there should be more than enough Canadian players to go around if that really became problematic. And I think if anything, there's a lot of players that crave that environment that you're talking mm-hmm. about that crave playing in a market where things matter. And yeah. you're, you are seeing some players, you know, take the plunge and go play there. What about a a Blake Coleman from Texas who decides to sign in Calgary? Like it does happen. So Mm -hmm. um, I I think that's everyone should have their choice. That's how a free market economy should work. That's how, you know, when given the opportunity, you should be able to direct yourself where you'd like to go. And I I think everyone's better off for that, having that ability and right. Well, and I and I'll say this, Johnny, before you jump in, and I know you've got a couple questions for Frank. Is is you know uh, James Van Riemsdyk loved his time in Toronto. I mean, because you so look, I, I, you're talking to an American who has worked for ten years now in Canada. Right. All I've ever wanted to be is a hockey writer. If you want to be a hockey writer and have some juice, the only play you the only place you can go work is in Canada. Well, because they treat it like the NFL. I mean, well, you, that's, you're, it's, and that's it, why I work there. Right. But so, and, like, and I, if you get it and you get it as a player, that's where you want to play. Not to say you can't have that same experience in. Boston, Chicago, Philly, New York, whatever, Detroit, whatever it might be, you can, it's just not, it's still not the same. The Rangers are special, but they're still mostly anonymous in New York city. Yeah. It's like being on the Toronto Maple Leafs is like playing for the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, Vancouver, any of those, those Canadian markets. I mean, I, I honestly, I'll be honest. I'm not sure I appreciate it as much until I became a broadcaster and I started calling games um, in Winnipeg, in Calgary, in Edmonton, when I was doing it for Chicago, it kind of opened my eyes. I knew about it, but I got to feel it a little bit different when you're up in the press box and you're calling a game and you see everyone and you see the festivities around a regular season game in Edmonton, for example, pretty, pretty awesome. So it's an um, event like people in Edmonton in, in the, that region, there, I'm not kidding. There are people who will drive in five hours to go see a regular season game and they'll stay over and they'll make a big deal out of one regular season NHL game. You're not getting that anywhere else. 
It's nuts. We actually have a question from a listener from the chat. Ducks go. Super stoked for Frank. I want to know if Vetrano value went up now that he's on goal number 26 yesterday. He's he's had a hell of a year. And I I think personally, any team would be wise to be calling the Ducks to see if they could pry him out of Anaheim. And is there any inkling of Pat Verbeek to listen? That would be part of it. I'd imagine that he's in a position with his team right now where he'd have to consider anything that comes down the pike. And that, you know, is, is certainly of interest to them. But the only thing that gives me some pause is that Frank Vetrano had voiced kind of pretty clearly at the all-star break that, and it's, it's not his choice, but the idea that he'd really like to stay with the ducks and likes what they're building and is all in on that. Um, that part might give me some slight pause, but if I'm not mistaken, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, he's also a pretty good playoff player too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was great here in New York for the run in 2022. That's for sure. And he, he actually has spoken, you know, off the record about how much he loves playing in New York. Um, and I don't know if that's something that would attract him to leave, but uh, I feel I like Johnny, honestly, I wonder if some of that, is just him being a good guy and feeling like he needs to say the right things. I mean, we had him on our show, yeah. um, which was funny, obviously for a different reason, but I just wonder too, if like, look, everybody loves living in Newport beach, California, but like the ducks are a ways off. They really mm-hmm. are. Uh, yes. They have pieces, but I, I, part of me, I, I kind of think that he's just saying what he thinks he, he should say and, and not exactly how he means. Cause he is a gamer. And he probably really wants to play in the playoffs and have opportunities to win. It's going to be a while before he can do that. You're, you're saying this that about Adam or about New York? No, I'm saying that he probably would would be happy to be traded, whether he oh. loves living in yeah, Newport yeah. Beach or not, or he loves being in the sun and in in Southern California or not. He is a competitive hockey player who probably wants to win and and go play in, in front of the bright lights again. This season yeah, is is still a statistical outlier though, right? Like he he's had an unbelievable year, but like for the most part you can pencil him in for somewhere between 18 and 22 goals and 40 to 48 points. Well, he's typically been like a third line player in his career. Right, so if you could fleece part. another team yeah. because of it, I feel like Pat Verbeek would be crazy not to. Yeah. And, and look, I think the next question, if you're Pat Verbeek would be asking, okay, he has one year left and then what would we be re-signing this guy at a premium based on his production? The answer is probably doesn't make any sense for them to. Right. So I, I think he gets traded. I really do. I don't, I don't see him sticking around there. Um, but Verbeek seems like a guy who doesn't really tip his cap to things. So um, we, we shall yeah, find I guess you out. could say he's not a big talker. Yeah. That's uh that's a fair statement. Here's another player I want to ask you about, Frank, a guy who who's right in our backyard here in Philadelphia. And um, you know, we hear Scott Lawton's name basically year in and year out. And the guy is is I mean, he he's a really, really valuable guy in the locker room. He's a he's a you know, a leader. He plays basically everywhere in your lineup. He's really settled into a fourth line role for Torts, where I think in previous regimes we've seen him higher up the lineup. The timing of putting the C on Sean Couturier and giving an A to Travis Konechny, I wonder, does it have anything to do with the fact that Scott Lawton, who is kind of the only uh, consistent letter wearer for that team because he is being shopped? Or is that just yet again noise surrounding Scott Lawton? I think it's more noise than anything. My understanding is the Flyers first began to discuss naming a captain when they went through their five game losing streak right before the all-star break, it just so happened to coincidentally come. There was a question asked of John Tortorella in a press conference the day before or two days before that exact, it was almost exactly the way you just phrased it. Hey, Scott Lawton's the only guy here who wears a letter. What happens if he's traded? What will you do? And then they named Sean Couturier, the captain. So I think more coincidence than anything else, uh, but I would say when it comes to Lawton, um, you're right. I, it, it's not lost on me that his usage and deployment has changed. He is playing three fewer minutes a night than he was last year. And his production is down. 
His shooting percentage is in half of what it was one year ago when he had a career year. And I don't, I can't tell whether that's just torts being torts or whether that is the flyers beginning to recognize that this, this player who has given them a lot over parts of 11 seasons is starting to go the other way at age 30 or will soon be 30. And so I think that's an important consideration. I think the other part of it for the Flyers is they watched what Sean Monahan got, right? And I think seeing him go for a late first round pick, they say this is a player who's been injury riddled, who uh, has is having a great season and is obviously way more productive than Scott Lawton has ever been. That's just this year. Um, and he goes for a late first as a rental, what could we get for him as someone who has two years left on his deal? I think that part has piqued their curiosity. I think the Flyers um, are ready to make a move. I think they've set a high asking price. And if they get it, they're going to take it. And if not, they're more than happy to keep him. Frank, I just got an interesting text message from a friend who listens to the show. Mike Grinnell, the producer of Spit and Chicklets, said... Ask Frank, what the F are the Bruins going to do? Adam Henrique is not the answer. Love all Bruins fans. Uh, It's a good question. Um, And I would say, look, they're limited on assets. I think the Bruins would absolutely like to add. I think Don Sweeney is making a ton of calls to try and find some depth pieces that can help. Like think back to this summer and the moves that they made. Uh, Kobe brought up earlier in the show, James Van Riemsdyk, um, they, they made a bunch of uh, veteran signings for little money to try and spend what little cap space they had to improve the team. They don't have a first round pick, second or third this year, no second next year. I think, first off, this team has shown that they're able to compete uh, even without Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. And I think part of the Bruins thinking has to be Look how wide open this East is. Mm. We loaded up last year, acquiring all those players, and it didn't help us any when it came to the playoffs. We still lost in the first round. And I think part of it, you know, I'd have to be thinking, let's, you know, let's just roll with what we've got instead of go crazy trying to add pieces to this team. So I I think the depth moves sometimes are, are what end up being the most important moves because let me remind you, the last two Stanley Cup winners, Vegas and Colorado, in both years that they won, they didn't trade their first round pick. So um, it's not always the crazy, sexy splash that ends up being the difference maker. And so, you know, if I'm the Bruins and I've played as well as I have a lot of times on the the strength of their goaltending, you know, I, I wouldn't be concerned about trying to go crazy at this deadline. Well, so you wouldn't like we- think... We, we constantly hear Matt Grizzlick's name. I know he's not on your board, but I mean, again, it's almost like uh, Scott Lawton. We hear Grizz's name every single year. Um, I feel like DeBrusque is another name that gets yeah. thrown out there. And look, I, I've obviously seen the connections of Hannafin to Boston. How real are they? We, you know, I think even I, I think I saw that from you, Frank. I think you put something on social media that said something about um, maybe Boston being a little bit ahead than Toronto or something. I, no, I I, in fact, uh, when it comes to Hannafin, Tampa, teams, right? yeah, teams around the league believe that Tampa is the is the okay. team that Hannafin has signaled to Calgary that he'd like to end up. Now that's probably in the summer because again. They don't have the assets. And as much as the lightning might try and strong arm the situation and say, Hey, you know, this is a guy that only wants to come here. And I don't know if that's happening or not. Um, I think the struggle for the flames is really trying to develop a market for Hannafin outside of a real select few teams that have assets and a need to do it. Frank on the topic of the Bruins. I'm curious if you were Don Sweeney, I know there was like some chatter about it on social media earlier in the year. Would you take calls on Linus Olmark or no? Because I, I mean, why not at all? Because Swayman's no, obviously their guy going forward. Is he their have, they still rotate. So? Well, they still rotate. So how? I mean, I think Swayman is better, right? Yeah. But like, 
and they have Brandon Butsy in the minors, who's a really good goaltender. Like, yeah, but you've got the best tandem in the NHL, and you've had two of the best regular seasons over the past two years with aging play. Like, I don't know. I I think they're going to keep rolling the two of those guys right into the playoffs. Like, I really do. I, I I mean, obviously, I don't have the inside knowledge that Frank has, but I do watch. I probably watch the Bruins more than any other team, um, or at least as much as I watch any team, and. I don't know why you'd screw that up. I mean, you've got a really good thing going there. I've seen that conversation pop up on social media a couple of times throughout the season, just because when Swayman was playing at his best and the Bruins had injuries like, you know, uh, Patra got hurt recently and the center position has been somewhat of an issue for Boston, right? They were the ones that thought they were going to get Elias Lindholm. They don't get him. And, you know, I guess where the Bruins rank in save percentage this year as a team. Top five. I mean, top, I'd say first, second, second what? only because Hellebuck has been insane. And by the way, Hellebuck mm. nine twenty seven. Brassois has been really good at nine twenty. But the Bruins are second. We we've made it clear that outside of having one of those five to seven super elite goalies, you know, Hellebuck, Saros, Vasilevsky. I'd include Chesterkin in that category. Sorokin. Uh, I'd probably include Demko and Andrew. Andrew. So, yeah. so those are the seven guys, right? Now, outside of that, you know it's a two-goalie league. So you've got Olmark for one more year, and you've got Swayman hitting RFA again this year. And they're both adding up to reasonable cap hits for a goaltending tandem. What... Why would you do anything to disrupt the backbone of your team? I think that's a big reason why the Bruins have been able to be stable this year in spite of their losses to try and sort of cash in on that value when goalies don't really have a ton of value to begin with. And as well as Olmark has played, I don't no one includes him in those seven goalies that we're talking about. So, so true. How much value are you really going to bring back? I think what you end up doing if you make a trade like that is you then go out and have to try and find the next Olmark. And it's proven that that's really difficult to do. All right. So last one that I have for you, Frank, and then I don't, I'm sure Johnny might have another one for you, but one more. John John Davidson came out the other day and said, Boone Jenner isn't going anywhere. Why not? What, what, why? (laughs) Like, I, I can't understand that. I, I you know, I, why is that just just driving up the price for him? Or does he mean that? I mean, he's he I'm anytime Columbus does anything other than fiery Armo, <laughs> I'm just like baffled at everything they do. And they say, and I keep going back to the fact this is one of the great fan bases in the NHL. This yeah. is a place players actually want to go play. Johnny Gaudreau picked them. Provorov was thrilled to go there. Until he um, wanted to go there. Until he wanted to go there. Like, but every time they do something publicly, I'm like, I, I'm shaking my head. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. Why I don't wouldn't think you're nuts. Be available? I, don't, I don't think uh, John Davidson is playing any Jedi mind tricks with anyone. I, I mean, I really don't. I, I truly think that when he says Boone Jenner isn't available, he isn't available. And Why? it's been one head scratching Maybe he wants to thing. Stay. It's been one head scratching thing after another for the Blue Jackets, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but John Davidson said on the Blue Jackets broadcast the other night that he was texting with Yarmo Kekalainen, who was watching their AHL team's game on Saturday night. And he said that Yarmo Kekalainen will do, quote, some stuff for us in the future, meaning like what? Scouting? I, I have no idea what he has up his sleeve, but like, my mind was absolutely blown. Like you just fired this guy earlier in the week and now you're drumming up his next line of work within the own organization. Like help it make sense. Help it make sense. Um, So I'm with you with, with that blue jackets team. They've got a long way to go to get to where they want to. I think my only concern in moving Boone Jenner is they're already really thin down the middle if you take him out of their lineup, he's been asked to basically play first line minutes this year. Who's going to be filling that spot? And I know the young guys are on the way, but is, is anyone really ready to rip off first line center minutes right here, right now? 
I think you'd probably hang on. And I think his value is going to be the same next year as it is this year. I agree. Maybe he wants to stay though. No, he's been, I'm there. sure he does want to stay. He's yeah. been there a long time. Whole career. Uh, Frank, we have one more question from the chat. J rock. Frank, what is the most intriguing storyline for you moving through the rest of the regular season? Hmm. It's got to be the coyotes, right? Definitely Where are the there. coyotes going? It's, you know, I, I think oh, they're, I, I, I've never been more convinced that they're going to salt Lake, but every time I say that the coyotes fans just say that I'm a hater and I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, but I don't think they've ever been closer to moving. And I just think the NHL has had enough. I think the other members of the board of governors have had enough and they're tired of empty promises of, Hey, we're, we're looking at a parcel of land or we're going to go get a parcel of land. Stop talking. Just do no more words, just action. I mean, I, we've talked about this. I feel like so it's many ridiculous. times it's, yeah, it's, it's so annoying at this point. They, they, yeah. they, they are annoying at this point, especially the way they are on social media. Um, Which by the um, way, not, not confirmed, but a lot of people believe that it's the owner's son. Alex yeah. Aruello Jr., who is actually tweeting from the account. It would make sense because he's the only one who could n- probably not get fired doing what he's doing um, mm-hmm. because it's it's so bizarre. It, I, I defended them. I defended Mullet Arena. I said, let's be patient. I, I really did. I was a total apologist for them for a while now, and I am off that train completely and annoyed by it so because well, mullet arena sounds fun in theory looks like the other nation guys had fun yesterday <laughs> yeah it is it, i'm sure it's a really cool experience but it's like the stadium series to put a bow on our conversation it's a novelty that if you would do it year after year again and again people are like wait a second is this, this actually is an nhl franchise or not yeah, yeah. This is embarrassing. So, all right, Frank. Well, look, um, we appreciate your time today. I'll see you in a couple of hours. I'll be sitting in with you on DFO Live today um, at noon Eastern on the Daily Face Off YouTube, Twitter, everywhere else. So I'll see you soon, Frank. Appreciate your time. Uh, As always, a pleasure. See you guys. Thank you, Frank. Colby, we actually Um, have a question for you in the chat. I don't know if you had something in mind, though. So I've been looking at the chat and I I did Uh, want to address a couple of things. I'll let you ask. Let me just address one thing I saw in the chat. Yeah. um, And then you can ask the question that you want. So Mm -hmm. I saw it's Danny May 88 LBC said, it feels like Philly isn't going to rebuild, but retool and push that Drysdale trade fast track them a little bit. They've got a, a lot of young talent. Um, then they could add Mitch Koff in a couple of years. I don't agree with that. I do believe that they're rebuilding. I do not agree with the retool and push. I don't think a retool is the right way. I think Torts has really gotten a lot out of this group and he's really building a standard in the way that they play to a point where it's not going to matter who they plug in. They're going to play to that standard. Um, I do believe that they still have work to do on a rebuild. I do believe they're still going to walk away from some players that are going to sting the fans in Philadelphia because of how they've competed this year. But at the end of the day, I do not think the flyers are ready to compete for the Stanley cup. And I do think the goal is to create a base and a standard over the next couple of seasons that make them competitive to win a Stanley cup and make them a team that's buying at the deadline, make them a team that's pushing their chips all in to compete, um, to win. So I do not think it's a retool. I do believe it's a rebuild. It might not be a five year, seven year rebuild. Like you might see in other places like Chicago. Um, but I just don't want people to get too, too excited. Um, because look, I I still believe the flyers should make the playoffs this year, but I do not believe that they will have a long playoff run. So I just wanted to address that for my Flyers fans or uh, for the Flyers fans out there um, that are in the chat. We we appreciate you guys jumping in. And I think and, that would also benefit them to do that, to do it that way. It wouldn't benefit them to go in all in right now. Right. Like, exactly. I, mean, I know the East, I know the East is wide open and maybe that's where this question is coming from. But you, you got to build toward that like next what? Listen, two, they also years, need maybe? to refortify their goaltending situation. Yeah. They've got Sam Merson. They got to figure out is he the guy for the future? He looks he looks good. He looks like he's kind of learning. They've got Cal Peterson, um, but they they've got moves to make. And and so far, 
all I can say is to, to Flyers fans that are listening to this, trust the people in charge because you've got great people from, from Jonesy to Danny B to Torts and, um, you know, even above them. Um, are you pulling out of Philly? Trust the process right now. No, because that whole thing was a disaster <laughs> and they still haven't won by any means. So, um, I, I just think that, um, you know, top down the flyers are in good shape right now. And I think, I think people have a reason to be excited, but just be patient, be patient too much too soon. will will hurt you later. All right. We have a question from chef Richard Colby. Do you think Rucker McGrory will find his way in the jets roster for the playoffs? Or do you think he'll stay in school for another year? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what Rutgers plans are. I, I do talk to Rutger. Um, I do, I do talk to his dad all the time. Um, we're, we're all pretty close, but I, I have never actually asked him that question. The only thing I can tell you is last year at the frozen four, um, sitting around having some, some beers with, with Rutgers dad, you know, we talked about the importance of patience and, and not rushing to professional hockey, um, to go play in the American league. So I think it really kind of depends on, on where the jets see him. Look, I think he's the kind of guy and we've seen this every couple of years where a college player can jump in and make an impact right away. When you look at the way Rutger plays, I think he's one of those guys. I really like do. I think, Nyes, yeah. like last I think year. he's, a, he's, he, he's similar to Nyes in, in the fact that he's a heavy player. He's a straight line player. He's not afraid to take a punch to the face, trying to score a goal. Um, so, you know, he's got a lot of great leadership qualities. So yeah, I, I think he could help them. Will he jump? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I think winning matters to him. So I think it could potentially revolve around how well they do. How do they finish? Do they make the tournament? How much time of the season's left? Um, so I, I don't, I don't have a great feel for it, to be honest with you. I will as we get closer to the end because I'll talk to them a little bit. Um, but I do think he's the type of player that could step in and play right away. I fully agree. I think he would actually be a huge boost to their playoff push too, if they actually do end up going for it. But again, too, similar situation with the West Rucker might not need to jump into a situation where the Western conference has six really strong teams right now that are pushing for the Stanley cup where he could have that one extra year of development. I know it's been what this is his sophomore year, right? This will be his sophomore year. Yeah. So one more year. I mean, usually we've seen as of late college guys do the two years, then make the jump. But exactly. That's seemingly the trend for these first round picks. Mm -hmm. But again, he comes from a hockey family and I don't think they're going to rush. If they don't feel like he's totally ready, I don't think he's going to rush. But here's the question too. And, and not to, this is no speculation or anything at all. I'm just asking you the question. If he does go back to school next year, does he then become a free agent? He then the that year. Uh-uh. At the end of his senior year, he went senior as a year. true freshman. Okay. He got drafted after his U18 year. So he's got that four-year clock. But look, it makes teams uncomfortable when yeah, guys yeah. go back for their junior years, especially at the, you know, Winnipeg. So um, it's, it's a situation we're going to monitor. It, it is. But I wouldn't be shocked if he came out. I really wouldn't. And and I like I said, that has not come from them. Um, I haven't asked them that question. Um, hopefully I'll be spending time with them at the frozen four, or I'll be in pro the Providence regional, the East regional with John butcher uh, for the NCA, you know, first couple rounds. Um, so hopefully I'll get a chance to see him live at one of those two and, and I'll, I'll find more out and I'll, I'll let you guys know. All right, Coley. Well, it's time to go in to one of, see, I think I actually said Coley there and I missed the B. The fact that you to, can't get my name right is just troubling to me. I think it's just the way I talk. Also, I kind of noticed Frank maybe missed the L2 one time, no, but you're not going to, no, you're not going to call no, him out though. He nailed but it. Let's go into one of our favorite things that we do on the show. And that's our power rankings. We haven't done it. in I think like three weeks before all-star break was the last time we did it. So mm -hmm. uh, it's been a while since we've kind of gone back and forth here about the top five teams in the NHL, but let's see what we've got here. Pretty similar. Wow. You finally, you finally you got the Oilers out. You finally got the Edmonton Oilers up into the power rankings. And, and I got to be honest, I haven't loved the way that they played. I, I really, let's, yeah, let's just start there. I mean, okay. look, when the Oilers were on that, that winning streak, I, I just felt like the way they were managing the puck. I was, I was all in on them because that's what it comes down to for the Oilers. We know the talent, we know the stars, right? But it comes down to puck management and, and goaltending. And look, 
Skinner has been a little iffy. Their puck management has been disappointing to say the least. Now they got a huge win in overtime against um, Dallas. That was mm-hmm. a big win on ABC. Mm-hmm. And then they beat, they beat up on, on Arizona yesterday, but that was touch and go. And I got to be honest with you. I just haven't loved. I look, I've been on the Oilers bandwagon all year, but the way that's why I'm surprised. But listen, the way they've played the last, you know, basically since the all-star break, I just, I, they're back to playing run and gun, high scoring, give up a lot of goals, score a lot of goals. And to me, that's not going to get it done for, for the Edmonton Oilers. So they probably would have been six or seven. Um, you know, I didn't put the Bruins on there either because I, I just don't like the way that they're playing. Although they got the shootout win yesterday. I don't like the way they're playing either. I really don't. There's been a oh, lot but, of holes in their, in their game, but you, but you love, you love the Canucks getting up seven goals in the third period yesterday. Listen, that was one game. They're what, <laughs> five, they're five, three and two in their last 10. So they're still winning. That means in, in their last, you know, basically um, eight of their last, sorry, seven of their last 10, they got points. So it's not like they're not getting points. And look, you look at their goal differential, the way it's continued, it's way higher than everybody else's. They continue to play like an elite team. They really do. Um, even though it's been, you know, not as consistent since the all-star break or their last 10, they're still five, three mm. and two for their last 10. So let's, let's get the board back up because yeah. it's funny. Like I, we're kind of aligned everywhere else. We're, we're, we're very aligned. I think Carolina has, has started to get some saves. Um, mm-hmm. And Spencer Martin's been, he's three and oh, with a nine twenty since they brought him in. If, if, if Carolina gets nine twenty goaltending, they're going to win a lot of hockey games. Um, you know, I have them a little bit higher than you do. I also have the Rangers higher than you do, which is shocking to me because yeah. you're such a super fan. Um, but also with Carolina, though, I, I do want to point out because I feel like a lot of the time people say they don't have the superstars. They don't get the consistent scoring. But this team has been scoring a lot of goals lately, especially since Christmas. And, you know, I looked at their numbers since then. Their power plays at a 33.9%. And their PK is at an 86.4%. Like their special teams have been on the money and they have guys like Sebastian Ajo, Andre Sveshnikov, uh, Seth Jarvis, and Brent Burns, who are basically point per game guys yeah. since then. Like they're they do need, they do need to get Kakaniemi going. Yeah. Because he's got his first goal or something in, in like a month yesterday. I mean, he, he just, he needs to get going for that team. I mean, they, they, they gave him a contract. They brought him over with the offer sheet. He, he needs to do more. I think Drury is playing up on the second line for Carolina and Kakaniemi is on the fourth line. That's not the recipe for success. Um, I, I watched a little bit of that game yesterday. It was pretty funny in, in the pregame trip. Tracy did an interview with, with Rod Brindamore. That was hysterical. Um, it, it, it was really funny because he, he, he talked about Rod Brindamore taking his shirt off after Canada won <laughs> The, the World Cup or something in Balzano, Italy, all these years ago. And and I guess Luke Richardson told the story to Trip Tracy, the broadcaster for Carolina, and Rod completely denied it. He's like, I don't know really? what he's talking about. He completely denied it. And he was super uncomfortable. It was a really, it was a funny interview. I mean, Rod, you know, Rod, Rod keeps it uh, pretty tight. But how about the Panthers, Johnny? I mean, look, we both Wait, have them. I'm, as I'm being chirped. I'm being chirped in the chat right now for, for I don't know what reason. Someone said uh, it's Danny May 88 said, where's Edmonton Johnny? I have Edmonton in there. Oh, he said, ha, ah, nice. But then Ducks go said shock. Johnny doesn't have Vancouver in the top five. Yikes. And I have Vancouver in the top five. Basically every time we've done this, I know you, until do. This, this time. you usually yeah. have them higher than me. Actually. I've had Vancouver in like the top three, I think both or all three times we've done this. All right, but let's, but, let's give some love to the unanimous yeah. number one in the NHL right yeah. now. I mean, look, if the NHL playoffs started right now, I'm putting it all on the Florida Panthers because there's yeah. nobody playing better than the Florida Panthers right now. And actually, I kind of feel like we missed by not asking Frank what they're going to do because, look, they're not going to sit tight with their bottom six. I think they're going to go out and and they're either going to move on from Lusterinen or Lundell or one of these, these third, fourth line players to bolster that third or fourth line. And I could see them bringing in some depth on the back end as well, just because look, we've seen the fact 
that Zito doesn't sit on his hands. He's not afraid to do stuff, but he's not going to make the splashy Giroux trade like he made in prior years. He's going to go and bring in depth, which is what Frank talked about on our show, has worked for teams that have won the last couple of Stanley Cups. But I don't really know what holes their back end really has. Like their back end seems to be I didn't say holes. I said depth. How about depth? You want to fortify that third pair. You want to have options. I'm talking depth types of players. And then how about this for depth? They still have Spencer Knight in Charlotte in the American League, right? So now you have three goaltenders that are very capable because you've got Bobrovsky. Stolarz has been really good when you've called upon him. And then you've got really the guy we all thought was the heir apparent who had to go work on, you know, personal things um, in, in the assistance program, you know, not drugs or alcohol related mm-hmm. whatsoever. I know that for a fact. Um, this was, was you know, um, other things that he had to work through. All right. And, and he's a guy who, you know, would be a great option come playoff time. If, if, you know, Bob, you, you never know what you're really going to get out of Bob. He, he's, he's always kind of been that way. Um, so the Florida Panthers are, are better than everybody else. Like to me, they are number one. And then every, then there's a bunch of teams under them that, you know, on any given night can, can fight and, and look like an elite team. But the Florida Panthers are, are playing some phenomenal hockey right now. You almost don't, you, you, you worry, Johnny, are they peaking a little too early? No, I mean, this was the same case last year, right? They started getting hot, like toward that all-star break or around this time of year. But they were, again, they were, they were fighting for their playoff lives last year. So it's a little bit of a different scenario. But again, this is a team that two years ago, they won the president's trophy and they're right back in the mix to win it again this year. Like, you know, there was that, uh, you know, maybe fluky start last year and everyone was questioning. And, and even me this year, I, I thought, you know, they were too banged up from the Stanley Cup final. Listen, I thought year. they were going to struggle off the bat yeah. and maybe miss the playoffs without Montour, without Ekblad. And then all of a sudden, Gustav injury. you know, Gustav Forsling is having the season of his life. In Best Florida. plus in the NHL. And, and you know, they, they said goodbye to Radko Gudis, who, who was an important guy for them. Um, I, look, I worried about them early on. I, oh, I think we lost Kobe from the show. Uh, I think he was saying that he was worried about the Panthers scoring and what out oh, your back. I never, I never actually left. I got, I got kicked out to the, uh, to, to the, to the back room or whatever you call it. You were frozen on my screen there for a second, but what were you saying? Please continue. You were in the middle of a good rant. Just saying Eric, Oliver Ekman Larson has been, uh, he's been tremendous. Like he's had a career year. So, you know, look, the, the Florida Panthers seem like the team to beat right now. That, that is for sure. I, I mean, they, they, uh, They've played better than anybody else for, for a stretch of time here. And Matthew Kachuk specifically, he's leading the NHL in points since the new year. I mean, the Panthers right now are 14, three and two since that time. Kachuk has 37 points in 19 games. I mean, unbelievable, almost at two points per game, which is pretty crazy for him, especially with the injury that he had. They have 11 straight wins on the road. The Florida Panthers just continue and continue to impress. But other teams that we should talk about, the Dallas Stars, we both have in there. The New York Rangers, we both have in there. Uh, we've already touched on Edmonton and Carolina, but do you want to talk about Dallas? Because we haven't given Dallas love at all this year, I feel like. Well, look, I have always been hesitant with Dallas, although I love Pete DeBoer. I really do. Um, I, I love Pete DeBoer, but I've always just been hesitant, but they've continued to be good. They've continued to get goaltending from Ottinger. Um, they're, they're playing without Miro Haskinen right now. And I mean, that's the guy, that's the lifeblood of their power play. Um, I think they lost to Boston in the shootout yesterday, a long, a yeah. long shootout. Um, great game. It was a good game, no doubt. Um, and they're going to play the Rangers today. I mean, I kind of want to pivot into previewing today's games, Johnny, because that's a big matchup today. And here's my question to you, Jonathan quick, take the net today for them after I mean, he should start. Perform- at, well, he should start. Well, I mean, this you're playing against an elite team in the NHL. Wouldn't you play your number one? Yeah, but they're also probably going to start Scott Wedgwood. Jake Otten. Yeah, but, but why, why are you worried about who they're going to start? They're on a back to back. The Rangers are not. And I think that plays into the fact of who you start in gold. Though, if the other team's on a back to back, you know, you're not getting their best, right? Like, I think that's just kind of how it I goes. Mean, in the Scott NHL. Wedgwood's a pretty capable backup. He's been, of course, good. but it's not Jake Ottinger. And I think, listen, with the emotion of Sunday's game, 
you know, it's a perfect spot for a letdown, right? So I think just with everything that Igor has gone through over the past couple of days with building You're up saying that, that you game, have to protect Shesterkin is what you're saying. I think that's been the case for a while now. I think they've been doing that. You know, after the All-Star break, he didn't play the first two games. They gave Jonathan Quick back-to-back games against the Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning. Jonathan Quick has earned the right to play. I think I would start him no matter what in this game. I think just because of uh, the way they're going right now, the way they're trending right now, they're kind of doing this 1A, 1B sort of rotation, which is, I, th- I think in my opinion, it's it's correct with how good Jonathan Quick has played. I agree, but I just think that you you you're playing the Dallas Stars. Um, it's a it's a absolute marquee matchup. If you have to play the Avalanche, you're playing the Lightning, and Jonathan Quick stepped in and played great games. It's not like the Stars. I, I are get that, but that's when Shesterkin was. You know, they they did this whole thing where they they played Quick a couple games in a row. They worked with Shesterkin with the goalie coach, and he played well a couple of games. Then he didn't. You know, he, he let up, what, four against the Islanders the other day. I don't know. I would just think if you have a true right. bona fide number one and you're playing the Dallas Stars in what could be, could be a preview of the Stanley Cup finals, could be, I think you, you, you'd you want to go with Shesterkin. I agree with you. They'll go with quick, but I think yeah. that shows you that maybe, you know, you're, you're worried about protecting Igor Shesterkin. And- they that's also a have a divisional rival. They got a divisional rival on Thursday in New Jersey. I think that's a pretty big game that Igor is going to have to be ready for. Uh, you're you're trying okay. to stir the pot right now. You're trying to make some shit. No, I'm not trying yeah. to stir the pot. You've got a good situation with two good goaltenders, but I just always go back to the fact that these true number one goalies don't, there's not a lot of them. And when you have them, they should be the guy. There should be no protecting a true number one against an opponent. You want to protect him from fatigue come playoff time, but you but it's also protect Igor Shesterkin from any opponent. And that's what you're telling me they're doing. But I think you're also making this more about Shesterkin when a lot of it has to do with how good quick has been. Okay. Like that that's is fair. that to me, that to me is the story that Jonathan quick has played well enough where he deserves more games. And okay. I think that should be the okay, narrative. Fine. Not. Yeah. All right. Not protected. Well, that's because you're Johnny sunshine and rainbows, but all right, a couple other games today. Do you agree? Then you have to take a day to wrap it up. <laughs> no, we're not wrapping. We've got other games I want to talk about. Islanders yeah. versus Pittsburgh. This is That's the uh, one. the the Metropolitan Stink Bowl here. Um, the Islanders three straight. The, uh, the 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 Penguins haven't scored a power play goal since you were a teenager. It seems like mm. um, we didn't ask Frank if the if the Penguins are close to selling, but man, the Penguins. It is interesting though with the Penguins, like they have a plus goal differential and they're so far down the rankings. You never see that in the standings, a team that far down the standings with a plus goal differential. Um, Both teams really need this game, but at the end of the day, I don't think either of these teams are playoff teams, Johnny. So I, I don't, I mean, listen, it's, it's a big two points, but is it really, are either of these two teams really playoff teams with the way the devils are surging right now, with the way the devils are surging, and they're starting to sniff towards a playoff spot. Um, are either of these teams really playoff? I mean, I think the Devils are much more of a playoff threat than the Islanders, and I think Pittsburgh's out of it, in my opinion. I really do. So is that game really? It's, it's a big two points for our Flyers catch bet. Okay, fine. That There you go. So this is personal for you. You got Ottawa, Florida. Um, hopefully Florida doesn't take them lightly. Ottawa's continued to just, you know, be Ottawa. Yeah, they won yesterday, but come on. Um, they're not actually well, do you making want to pull any- up that clip from yesterday's game. Which clip? Oh, yeah. We were talking about this before the show, right? Uh-huh. You don't remember? Yeah, let's get the clip. Do we Vic, do you have it? Mitchell Chafee and Tim Stitzla? Yeah, let's talk about this play. Because yeah. Johnny. Oh, yeah. Okay. Johnny Bad Tim. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Uh, now, now I remember. <laughs> so this- Mitchell, Mitchell Chafee, good player, played at UMass, Johnny's boy. He tries to take a run at Stutzla, okay? Couldn't disagree Stutzla more. absolutely smashes him over, and then Chafee's mad and bear hugs him from behind and tackles him. And then Johnny puts on Twitter, don't mess with Mitchell Chafee. I mean, honestly, Chafee got his clock clean there trying to cheap shot Stutzla. He's not trying to cheap shot Stutzla. He's not even looking at him. Mitchell Chafee. 
You're such a homer. It's ridiculous. You're such a homer. He's not even looking at Stutzla. He's trying to get around Look him. He, he tries to run Stutzla, who's on the ground, no, and he, he doesn't. ends up getting tossed. No, we, can we get the clip again, Vic, please? I want to hear. I want to hear people in the chat's opinion here. Yeah. Doesn't Chafee try to run Stutzla here and then get knocked at over by a stronger player? He's not even looking at him. He's taking his route. He's curling around his left legs He's in the air. To run a guy who's down. Could not disagree more. Could not disagree more. And then Stutzla acts on it. And then obviously Chavy's going to respond. You think yeah, that's Chafee taking a run right there? He's not even looking at him. He's not even looking at him. He knows what he's doing. Chafee tries to hit a defenseless player and he takes the worst of it. Don't give me this. Don't mess with Mitchell Chafee. Listen, Chafee had a more. goal yesterday. He had a goal. He, he could have had a couple of goals yesterday. He's finding his way in the NHL. Give the guy credit, but don't make him out to be a tough guy when he gets his ass knocked over trying to run a guy who's on his knees. Much stronger player, clearly, Tim Stutzla. Um, let's move on. Couldn't oh, disagree more. Definitely tries to run him. You can see him load up for it. Joe Mama. Hit that. See? Colby is maybe we'll, correct. Maybe we'll get Chafe on here. We'll get Chafe on here to talk about it, maybe. Neil Neil Foddy agrees as well. Johnny, you're 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 over two in the chat right now. Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm never I'm never winning in the chat. It doesn't matter. La, la, last game I want to ask you about before we say goodbye today is Vancouver, Colorado. Colorado hasn't played great. Okay, no. neither of us had them in the top five of the power rankings for the first time since we started our power rankings. Okay? They've like been my one every week too. Vancouver just gave up a football, a, a touchdown and a field goal. So you got to think they're going to be fired up. Demko will be starting. We would assume for Vancouver in this game. Um, Cause DeSmith gave up the 10 spot to Minnesota. That game will probably be a game where both teams are pretty fired up. I don't think talk's going to be real happy after giving up 10. Um, oh, wow. Ducks ducks go. Yeah. Stutzel was protecting himself. I disagree with you, Johnny. Colby calling him a homer based on Colby's rich. Wait, Colby calling him a homer is rich based on his Blackhawk takes. Do we ever Ooh. talk about the Blackhawks? I don't know. Not really, but I like it though. Cause it sides with me, <laughs> but I don't think we really talk about the Blackhawks that much. Not that much now. Okay. Um, Shafe needs to get in the weight room before you get him on here because Dude, he Mitch Chafee can squat 600 pounds. I think yeah, I, I, I do think he's a pretty, uh, he's beast. pretty dope. He's but he beast. got his, he, he got his ass handed him. Handed yeah. To him Cause he time. wasn't expecting it. Cause he wasn't going to hit him. And it was just funny to watch you jump in on Twitter and lay a bad take out there. And it's just funny. The people on our, in our chat are siding with me, which just brings absolute joy so to my giddy. ears. I haven't seen Kobe <laughs> smile this hard and two months. Oh, I love it. I love it. Back, we'll have it back to Colorado. What? Let's have a segment called Johnny's bad takes that we, we do once a week. I think that would be yeah. a good segment. Well, did you see the tweet I had yesterday with the PEMDAS thing? People, people were tagging you in that. You didn't see that. Oh, the ple the, the math equation, the please yeah. excuse my dear aunt Sally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes and moved on with that. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to weigh in. Yeah, that was a rough one, but um, let's, let's kind of wrap up the show. But, here I'll, give, but I'll give yeah. you props because after you made a fool of yourself, you left it there and you're good at that. You're I always, good at yeah. that. You're, you own it and I'll give yeah. you that. You do own yeah. it. Well, thank you. Appreciate because that. Because you're like a golden retriever. All right, let's wrap up the show. A lot of good hockey games on tonight. Eight NHL games. I think the Colorado Vancouver game is definitely the game to watch is going to be a lot of high flying offense back and forth track meet all that. The abs have only won two out of the last seven games. So they're just as desperate as Vancouver. I mean, the avalanche right now are trending in a pretty bad direction. So they need to get this game going just as much as Vancouver does after yesterday. But, um, you know, great show today. We should have some more fun tomorrow with all these games going on. Should we work on getting a guest for tomorrow? I don't know. Like, what do you, we'll see. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. All right. But thank you to everyone in the chat. Uh, great questions for Frank. Yeah, um, and we listen, yeah. we we got to a lot of the chat today and and J-Rock, just so you know, I'm not a Blackhawks fan. I worked there for 2 years. When I worked there, I definitely had some bias because that's where my paychecks <laughs> were coming from. Um, but I can tell you this, we rarely give any love to the Blackhawks on this show, but we got to get listen, your St. Louis Blues got to give us more to talk about. If you're a Blues fan, 
They got to give us a little more to talk about. We love Kevin Hayes on this show. We were big Craig Berube, a big Craig Berube guy. Um, I've kind of heard that the players in St. Louis think the new coach is a little bit of a nerd. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but we'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll get a little blue, a little blues talk mixed into the show, but they got, they got to give us a little more to talk about. Um, no Kobe, doubt plug DFO live before you wrap it up. We'll be on DFO live today, noon Eastern DFO, uh, on their YouTube page and Twitter and everywhere. I'll do that with Frank. Um, that'll be a little different, but uh, good show today, Johnny, for a guy who's pretty sick. Um, <laughs> you did pretty well. I'm proud of you. Thank good you. job. Thank you. And one last shout out in the chat because I actually have a friend on the team, Mark Delgazo. Uh, shout out to the Milwaukee Admirals who have won 17 games in a row right now in the AHL. So I like Delgazo. Good New yeah. Jersey boy. He was a yep. good UMass, good old UMass player. Had a couple games with the Preds this year too. But uh, all right, now we'll wrap it up finally, unless we have like 10 more shouts to give. I don't think we do. But we have a show coming tomorrow, 9 a.m., same time. Hopefully I feel a little bit better. Um, and hopefully Kobe doesn't have more material to dunk on me with. But uh, Joe Mama just said that we'll never run out of material if we do a Johnny Bad Take segment. So um, that is true. But thank you, everybody. Thank you, Vic. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.